Hello and good afternoon. I am Douglas Blackburn, here with... Alexander O'Reilly Carr, hello. Okay, and today we'll be talking about a very interesting topic here today, okay? So Alex, why don't you introduce yourself first and then introduce what your research question is about. Hi everyone, my name is Alex. Um, my research question uh, is about how, is asking the question, how does the fashion industry use current technologies to collect our private information knowingly for the purpose of manipulating consumer spending habits? And is it beneficial to the consumer for companies to use this information? Well, you said a mouthful, I must say. So, but before we get into the more meat of the topic, though, can you tell me like what inspired you to pursue this? What inspired me to pursue this is um, recently I've been having private conversations with people and then my smart technology starts bombarding me with all kinds of different um, advertisements about um, the specific product I was talking about. So it really doesn't seem coincidental that I'm being subjected to all these advertisements right after I've had these kinds of conversations around my smart technology. Um, so I'm wondering to what extent is my information being collected without me knowing? Well, I must say, like I said earlier, that's, that was news to me. Like I would never ever think that a fashion company would be, you know, could be, could be um, harvesting our personal data from our personal conversations in such a manner. I quicker see Google and Facebook or YouTube doing that, but not the fashion industry. So, but this is gonna be very interesting. So. I'd like to, could you like introduce and summarize um, the source uh, that you have uh, shared with me just now and could you explain the purpose and the message of that source to your listening audience? So um, my source is written by Farashidi A and uh, the source title is the, N the New Retail Experience and its Unaddressed Privacy Concerns how RFID and mobile location analytics are collecting uh, customer information. Volume mm -hmm. seven, page 15 to 39. Mm -hmm. So just to give a little summary of this source, um, it talks about RFIDs and location analytics. Um, so it's important to understand what an RFID F, uh, sorry, a, what an RFID is. Um, so RFIDs um, are radio frequency identification tags. So basically the fashion industry uses these in their products. Um, they have a, a multitude of benefits for them. Um, one of which is you can actually track the product that has this tag in it with a radio frequency. So the fashion industry, they know where all their products are. So it's a good way of checking balances for them. But then they've started to use this, these tags to collect more than just information about their products and their locations, uh, specifically for their, their business tracking. Um, they've, they've used it to collect private information about the location of their products, how people are using their products, 
and all kinds of other information about how their products are being interacted with um, in the stores and out of the stores. And these, te these um, location analytics are being collected from our smartphones and sometimes we don't even need to connect to the store's Wi-Fi or their Bluetooth for them to be synced with our phones. They, it just connects automatically and is retrieving information unknowingly to the person in the store. Goodness gracious, that's we're, 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 we we seems that we're go edging closer and closer to George Orwell's 90, 1984 here. That's that's crazy. It is crazy. Crazy times we live in. Lots of beneficial technology that can be used for good things and unknowingly to take our private information apparently Ugh, honestly anyway uh describe so describe your social location that is to the extent that you're that you are comfortable um like how might have your social location as you put it as as it's put here influenced your understanding and interpretation of the sources um, I think my social location, if we're talking about specifically from a consumer's point of view, I'm a white um, young male. And um, this is the kind of information um, that they are wanting to pick up on. Sorry, I'm just being interrupted. I'm losing my train of thought. Someone's knocking at the door. Um, just give me one moment. Yeah. Hi. Library's closing at six. Okay, thank you. Okay, all right. Oh, hold on, hold on. Check, check, check this thing again. I hope that if it doesn't go off, that it doesn't cut off the recording. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. We're okay, just gonna... let's begin again. We'll just cut out, just chop out that part. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. We're gonna continue. Um, so my social location is, um, yeah, I'm a white young male. Um, I am a consumer. Um, I have a full-time job. I. Um, earn money so I am a consumer and I spend it on products um, so I don't know if yeah I think they're con collecting all kinds of information that we just don't know about does it have to do with my, my age my race uh, my gender probably because um, there's all kinds of um, advertisement information and all kinds of other product information that they can be, be using based on who I am and do I want companies to have access to that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure to what extent they're, they're taking my information so, um, and what they're using it for. So this source kind of digs deep into all the different ways um, that uh, the fashion industry is doing this, specifically with our FDs and uh, location analytics, our FIDs, sorry. Okie dokie. Alright, so next here, can you maybe like discuss and explain like whether you will use these, use this particular source um, in your argumentative research essay? Like, could you also like consider the following rhetorical strategies to evaluate the source's overall reliability? Like, provide evidence from the sources to support your explanation. Um, yes, I'll be using um, this source in digging deeper and learning more information on my topic um, because I believe it is a reliable source because um, there's several several authorities that are talked about um, in this paper giving insight into um, this topic and some some sources like US senators um, 
there's a couple other authorities that I've, I've been over and it seems very credible and, and, and in-depth analysis. So I'm going to be digging deeper into this article and digging up more information as it seems very credible and informative. Interesting. Okay. Uh, like how have these sources, um, or rather this source, deepened your understanding of the topic that is at the heart of your research question? In your explanation, provide evidence from the sources. Um, I think that it's really deepened my understanding of to what extent and what measures um, the fashion industry is going to get this information. Um, you know, whether they're taking our location or con connecting to our phone unknowingly. Um, there was one part of the essay about them using thermal imaging, um, facial recognition. So whether we like it or not, um, our, our data is being compromised. And it just really takes an in-depth look at all the different ways that are known that, that the fashion industry is doing this. Um, that, you know, they could be using a lot of other methods, but this touches on a good number of them. So it's, yeah. Like I said, that's some real Orwellian shit right there. It's mean, <laughs> like, it's like what people, I see people commenting on the, on, on all the videos and stuff all the time, like, George Orwell's 1984 was a warning, not a, not a blueprint, not a manual. Yeah, and I've seen actually, if you know, specifically we're talking about facial recognition, there's, you're, they're able to make videos now with facial technology that look just like you. There was one made of Mark Zuckerberg. Um, so they can take your information just from you walking in the store and make a fake video of you uh, or any, anything along that lines using your facial um, structure because they've mm -hmm. taken that information from you. Yeah, I've seen that before, but the name for it is called deep fakes. Yeah. And I've seen a few videos of it, like one of Obama, that's completely fake. Right. Um, it's, there, of course, it's still not 100% there. And I saw another one that was pretty funny where, like, they um, took Mike Tyson and Snoop Dogg's faces and put them over Oprah Winfrey and Gail King's. And it looks so real. It looked actually like as if... Mike Tyson and Snoop Dogg were in drag, pretending to be these two. I thought like, huh, what are they? What are they doing? So it is. It, it it is scary, especially when something like, like the fashion industry, like a fashion house, is doing this to to their consumers. It's like, huh? What the hell? You know, pretty much. Yeah. So and my my topic really struggles with. Um, it seems like it's kind of painting a dark picture for them to be taking this information uh, from us, but it really makes for a great shopping experience. Mm -hmm. um, so... Yeah, especially uh, like if they could then tailor, could then tailor like your shopping experience to your likes and dislikes. Right, like for instance, they use the location of where you're in at the store, where you spend the most time, you know, what's, what's most cost effective for them to set up where in the store so that you're spending most of your time looking at it so it's kind of ignorant to say that these technologies we shouldn't be using these technologies because it's giving us such a good experience when we're out at these retailers um, and for online uses so uh, you know a lot of this time I've been talking about people physically um, visiting brick and mortar stores but there's also a whole uh, e-store um, environment now where even more of our information is being put up on the web and 
looked at by retailers. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. Like, yeah, not all technology is bad, but I would say all technology perhaps, or the vast majority of it has the potential to be used for nefarious purposes. Right, right. So anyway, um, so on to the next question is, like, now that you have read these sources, like, what is your current answer to your research question? I still am undecided, to be honest. I need to dig up more information because I'm specifically concerned with whether these are for the good, the greatest good, if, if it's for the retailers to have access to this information, um, if it's doing more good than bad. So I need to look at more case examples and see where I stand on the topic by the, the time I've gone through thoroughly enough information. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's fair to conclude anything yet. Okay, okay, but uh, let me just throw this in here. Like from what you're reading and researching as well as your own personal experience, like what are your thoughts right now on, on the topic though? And like, do you think like anything should be done like maybe like in the way of legislation or some type of protocol or some type of safeguard against that technology for being used for nefarious purposes? I definitely think that something should be done. I think there, like I said, I need to dig more into the information about what's being done. But um, I think there are certain safeguards that have come to light with the, you know, the explosion of the internet. It's a very new phenomenon and so much retail is being done on it now. So I think recently provisions are starting to be implemented and people are starting to wake up to the fact that their their information is being compromised. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think there definitely needs to be, it needs to be addressed. And I'm not sure at, to what extent we draw the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I'm kind of trying to find where, what extent do we draw the line where it's mm-hmm. not becoming beneficial for the everyday consumer to have, for the retailers to have this information. So <laughs> I think right now it's a, it's a great time we live in mm-hmm. um, as long as the information is being used for the greater good, giving me a better shopping experience and it's not hurting anyone, mm-hmm. um, I'm kind of for it. It can't, you know, things happen in life. You can't consent to everything. So um, if they want to give me a better shopping experience by taking a look at what my face structure is, <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm for it. So. Yeah, it's, on the side note, though, it's amazing like how they could tell what you would like just from your facial structure. Right. That's, that's, that, that's crazy. Well, you know, you could pick up a, a product and you make a certain face on it, right? And that could be associated okay, okay. with whatever you're feeling about the products. So. Ah, okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and coming from um, industrial design background, mm-hmm. industrial design is product design, um, you know, you can make whatever product you like, but if no one enjoys it, or, or it's not seen in a, in, in a proper space, then it's really, you're not, no one's going to benefit from your, your product, so... Indeed. Yeah. Okay. And uh, to round this out, like as you prepare for your annotated bibliography, like what are you curious to learn more about exactly? I'm curious to learn more about what to what forms of technology are being used to um, 
to collect our data and to what extent the data is being used for. Um, yeah, I just, I'm really interested to, to see how they're collecting the data and what it's being used for um, and if it's for the greater good or not. So okay. yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at and I uh, look forward to researching this topic more. Well, I certainly look forward to reading and perhaps even listening to the results of that research. And that concludes this podcast's episode. Thank you very much, listeners, for listening to what we all have to say. And all right, and that's a wrap. Thank you, Douglas. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. And that's a wrap. Stop.